0: Okay, so a few years ago, I was at a men's Christian conference, and there were a bunch of different churches there, and a bunch of guys from different churches there. And, you know, the the lead speaker, he was getting ready to to go up there, and he he went up to the podium, and he says, hey, I'm going to start my talk a little bit different today. I'd like all the people from a Baptist church to stand up. And so people stood up. And then he said, now I want all the people from a Presbyterian church to stand up. And they did. And he went down the line, naming as many different denominations as he could. I want the Methodists, I want the Lutherans, I want the people from a non-denominational church to all stand up. And he went all the way down the line until everybody was standing. And he made a point to show that. He said, notice, every single person in this room is standing. And then... He said, now, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died as a sacrifice for your sins, I want you to sit down. And every single person sat down. And he made a point to point that out. He says, now, look, not a soul is standing. That means you're all Christians. Get over yourself with your labels. We need to focus on what joins us, which is Jesus not what tears us apart. I've never forgot that. Now imagine, you're, you're somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet. And you don't have any friends or family that go to church, that's not the circle that you hang out with. But you've been feeling this call. You've been feeling God pulling you closer to him. And so you think, well, I better give this Jesus thing a shot. And so you pop on the internet and you look up Christian churches in Wilsonville. There's 27 churches in Wilsonville. And you're looking at all these going, huh, how, which one do I go to? I mean each one of these churches start with Jesus. Each one of these churches they will all do the exact same thing that Doug talked about just last week. They will all talk about how Jesus is the son of God and they'll talk about spreading the good news. So they all believe the same thing, right? Well, not exactly. That's when all of a sudden we start having differences. We, uh, we start looking at leadership structure. And we start looking at who is allowed to do what in a worship service. And we start to look at how to worship. And so many more differences. And suddenly those differences start to be the focus of the church, instead of the mission of the church, which is to spread the good news of Jesus throughout our community. Now, incidentally, just so you can feel a little pride, all these churches, there's one church that says Christian. That's us, just so you know. <laughs> there you go. So if we as Christians are separated within ourselves, how are we supposed to give the same message to a world that desperately needs Jesus? We have the greatest message ever, but what's the world thinking when we're separated amongst ourselves? So today we're going to continue our series in the book of Acts called World Changers, and we're going to be looking at how the early church went about doing things. And they're gonna look at how they started and what they did. And today's passage is in Acts 2, verses 41 through 47. So remember what Doug was teaching on last week. When last we left our heroes, Peter was preaching and somebody from the crowd stood up and said, brothers, what must we do? Who remembers what what they have to do? Anybody? Yes! Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So as we start our passage today, we see what happens. It says, starting in verse 41, it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, according to the fire marshal, this building can hold about 425 people safely. Imagine if we filled up this building seven times, eight times, however many times, and preached the good news of the gospel, and everybody that was in the building got baptized. And then we filled up the building again and did it all over again, and everybody got baptized. And we did that until we reached 3,000 people. I mean, we get excited when we get to baptize one person. That's a big deal. Imagine baptizing 3,000 people in one day. That's a pretty good day. (laughs) But how did it happen? Peter shared the good news, and people responded. Now, you might not be preaching to a big crowd, but when is the last time that you shared the good news of the gospel? Remember, Jesus didn't say, you are the dimmer switch of the world. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, you know, if, if you have time, if you, know, if you happen to think of it, maybe could you maybe teach some people about me, please? No, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. There should be no confusion there. Oh, but Brad, what if they say no? What if I share the gospel and they say no? Well, then they say no. Remember, people said no to Jesus too. In our passage here, people said no to Peter. Notice it didn't say everybody responded. It said uh, those who accepted his message. If people say no, that is their choice. But if you refuse to preach the gospel, you are taking away their choice. Sometime this week, I would love for you to spend some time in prayer with God and just ask him, who can I share the good news of the gospel with in my life? But if you do that, better be prepared for an answer because it's coming and you better be prepared to take some action. So as we get back to our passage, in verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That sounds pretty good. People were praying, people were teaching, they were sharing a meal. But honestly, the best part of that, most importantly, they were in awe. Of everything that was being taught. Can I ask you a personal question? And you don't have to answer. Just, you know, answer to yourself. When is the last time that you were in awe of Jesus? I think a lot of times, the longer we call ourselves Christians, the more we focus on. The rules of Christianity. And we see the Bible as a book of what to do and not to do. Even more so, we see the Bible as what you should do and not do. And that awe of Jesus starts to fade away. So how can we get back to that? How can we get back to that awe and that wonder of when we first met Jesus? Jesus. Honestly, the answer is we need to continue to focus on Jesus. And we focus on Jesus to grow our faith. Remember, as far as faith goes, you are either getting closer to Jesus or you're getting farther away. You are never staying the same. You know, when I first started at Valley in the summer of 2019, Doug gave me a list of books to read. Full disclosure, Reading is not my favorite. (laughs) A book really has to grab me if I'm going to read all the way through it. So let's just say um, I'm still working on that list from two and a half years ago. But one of the books that I did get through that, that Doug gave me to read is a book called Soul Tsunami by a guy named Leonard Sweet. And there's a chapter in there that the author says, I want you to stop being a Christian. And I want you to get everybody in your church to stop being Christians. And the reason for that is because when you become a Christian, well, you go to church and that's about it. Instead of being a Christian, I want you to be a follower of Jesus. Now, what does a follower of Jesus look like? It looks a little bit like the next part of our passage. It says, starting in verse 44, it says, "'All the believers were together "'and had everything in common, "'selling their possessions and goods. "'They gave to everyone as he had need. "'Every day they continued to meet together "'in the temple courts. "'They broke bread in their homes "'and ate together with glad and sincere hearts.'" Friends, I gotta tell you, that sounds like men's breakfast Saturday morning. I mean, we get together for a meal. We have a great time with our conversation. Sometimes we razz each other. Sometimes we, you know, we have deep discussions. But we all have a relationship, and I have absolutely no doubt that if any one of those men came up and said, guys, I I need this, we'd step up without asking any questions. Okay, sure. And that's just men's breakfast. I, I hear that the ladies' studies are exactly the same way. In fact, Valley Christian Church has so many different opportunities to grow your faith. Mike was talking about a bunch of them. We have a whole table back there full of all the different opportunities that we have to meet with other believers and to grow your faith. See, when you do that, when you get involved, and when you encourage other people to get involved, that's when you start looking more like a follower of Jesus and less like just a Christian. I have this friend that works at the trucking company that I work with. He moved to Northeast Portland 10 years ago. He's totally new to the area and he's going to work one day and he sees a church side of the road and he thinks, I need to find a church. Notices what time service starts there on the sign So he says, okay, I'm gonna give this church a shot. It looks like a great church. I'm gonna give it a shot. So Sunday morning, he pulls into the parking lot. He can't wipe the smile off of his face because he can hear the music coming through the open front doors as he's walking towards the church. So he walks in, it's a pretty crowded building. He Kind of works his way through the people and, and he finds a seat in the back. And he starts looking around. And it doesn't take him very long to make an observation. My friend Jason is the only white guy in the building. And as he's telling me this story, he says, you know, Brad, if it's not, it's not a problem with me, I hope it's not a problem with anybody else. And he tells me about that first service. The message hit him right in the heart. The music was outstanding. The people all seem to be really, really nice. And, you know, Jason is thinking, I think I might have found a church home. And so, like I said, there's, the service ends, and there's a whole lot of people in the building. And he's waiting for the crowd to disperse before he heads for the door. And as he's sitting there, this older lady walks up to him, says, son, what are you doing here? And he thought, well, okay, apparently the color of my skin does matter. And he starts tripping over his words, trying to explain that he's new in town and just trying to, trying to find a church. And the lady held up her hand and says, no, son, what are you doing here? There's a potluck downstairs. we got to get you some food. <laughs> Jason still calls that church home 10 years later. You see, when we focus on what unites us instead of what divides us, we become family. And when we focus on Jesus, we become the church. And a church that focuses on Jesus is what this world desperately needs right now. So As we wrap up our passage, we're going to look at verse 47. It's continuing to talk about what's going on with, with people. It says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You realize that part is talking about you, right? The Lord added to their number daily. You see, because somebody decided that they, were going to be, that they were going to be growing their faith. Because somebody decided that they were going to keep on being a follower of Jesus. They introduced you to Jesus and you were saved. The line of people that God used to introduce you to Jesus goes all the way back to the people of the Bible. And that begs the question: Are you going to let the line stop with you? Or are you going to be part of somebody else's Jesus story? Earlier, I asked you, to spend some time in prayer and ask God who you can share the gospel with. And I'm guessing that a name Popped into your head pretty quick. I want you to imagine that person, whoever you're thinking of, giving their testimony of how they came to Jesus and they mentioned your name. How amazing would that be? You don't need to preach to them. You certainly don't need to judge them. In fact, you don't even need to get them to church. Remember, the goal is not to get people to church. It's to get people to Jesus. And once you get them to Jesus... They'll come to church. All you need to do is share how Jesus changed your life and let them know He can do the exact same thing in their life. It's that simple. You know, sometimes in church, we make things a lot more difficult than it needs to be. We have different music styles, different Bible translations. How often should we do communion? Some churches do it every week, some churches do it every month. How long should the worship service be? Should it be long, should it be short? All these different differences. Remember the 27 churches here in Wilsonville? What if instead of broken up by denominations, that site just said, here's all the places you can go in Wilsonville to learn about Jesus. Our passage today tells us that the early church started with people focusing on Jesus. Here at Valley Christian Church in 2021, if we want to reach people, if we want to be part of their Jesus story, we can't focus on our differences. That's what the rest of the world does. We need to put our, our differences aside and we need to be the church. We just need to focus on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you just so much for today and showing us how you grew the church. Thank you for showing us just how important you are and how amazing you are. And Lord, please just let us continue to focus on you and tell people about you and keep on spreading your message. Lord, please be with us and give us the courage to do that this week. Lord, it is truly in your name that we pray. Amen.